a publisher, and one day my daughter Christina asked me to write a novel with her. Well, that day was long ago, and that little girl is now an adult. But our novels live on. The Truth Seekers Mystery Series highlights a homeschool family, the Murphy Teens, in an action-adventure novel that is sure to entertain as well as teach creation truths. To get your copy, visit our website at truthseekersmysteryseries.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey friends and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and you are tuned in to an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. You can find today's show notes at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Look for episode 485, Begin Homeschooling. And if you want to hear more shows like this one, you can go to your favorite podcast app and just search for Vintage Homeschool Moms or my name, Felice Gerwitz, and you will find an array of podcasts that I've created. Well, I want to welcome you to the show. And if you're considering beginning homeschooling for the first time, or considering it for the future, or maybe you're a new homeschool mom, I want to welcome you. And even if you're a veteran, welcome. And hopefully you can add to this conversation. Did you know you can go to vintagehomeschoolmoms.com and look for the show page? And then on each of our podcasts, there's a section that you can comment and you can be part of the community. We also have a Facebook group for our podcast network and you can join us there. I want to invite you to check out MediaAngels.com. There's a website there and there's also some self-paced classes and one that is something that you may want to look into is How to Homeschool Blueprint. That is something I put together with some of my tried and true methods of homeschooling and it is self-paced and you can use some of this information um, from today's podcast as well as that set. So you may want to check that out. Well, my thoughts on homeschooling have changed over the years. I began homeschooling as an alternative to a pricey private school that wasn't filling my son's needs. You know, he was a struggling learner, and it turned out that my uh, specific learning disabilities undergrad degree kind of prepared me to take care of this child, but I was in denial and really and truly wanted to be, um, you know, have some time to myself and um, what mom of small kids doesn't really just think that that's going to be, you know, a time of a little bit of, you know, getting caught up or 
um, you know, maybe working on in some type of a job that you're interested in um, when your kids are school age. So it may not be the first thing that pops in your mind. Um, I think I'm going to homeschool, right? So when we are looking at that, um, we really have to consider all kinds of things. And so for me, considering homeschooling was just not in the equation. Uh, so when I noticed that my son was kind of falling behind, my husband and I had a, you know, a serious conversation. And he said, Well, why don't you just try homeschooling, give it six months, if it doesn't work, you know, we can put him um, back into school. And so I did. And in the meantime, my daughter was attending a morning program at a preschool. And that gave me time to just focus on my son. Well, not only did my son flourish and accomplish so much more than he had in school, well, why wouldn't he, right? It was one-to-one. But we also decided that we were going to continue homeschooling and homeschool my daughter as well. And we spent many happy years homeschooling, attending field trips, and our focus was academic. And then I included some uh, faith-based you know, studies, but I found myself writing curriculum to fit my children's needs. And years later, in 1994, I started a publishing company, Media Angels, with a focus on curriculum with families in mind. And so I started homeschooling in 1986, and I've homeschooled my five children. Uh, graduated my last, I believe it was, I was trying to figure out the year, I think it was two, 2017. And so I clocked in at 31 years of homeschooling. Three of my five children went on to college and all graduated with high honors. Um, And the other two, highly um, successful in their chosen professions. So why did my focus on homeschooling change from pure academics to faith focus? And I figured that anyone could teach learning, um, you know, teach kids to learn and how to do, you know, reading, math, history, science, so forth. But I wanted something that was going to be foundational, and I wanted my children um, to have something, a legacy, if you will, as they got older. And what was a legacy I wanted to leave them? I wanted to leave them with tools to be able to research anything they wanted. And you would think that with the internet, oh, it's so much easier today. Well, it is and it's not. It is easier to search for information, but it is more difficult to search for true information And what is not, you know, what is an ad concealed in a, you know, um, you know, information about whatever product you're searching for, or even a topic. So what were my hopes for my next generation of, you know, children and my thoughts about who who should homeschool was also uh, different. At first, I thought, you know what, homeschool isn't for everyone. Some people really shouldn't homeschool. I probably still would feel like that today um, in some cases. But I think that even if you aren't able to pull your children completely out of school and you're just, you know, searching for information, you should take an active role in what they're learning. And my my thoughts for homeschooling have taken on a more serious direction in light of the craziness that's plaguing our educational system. When I was in college, my major was elementary ed with certifications in early learning Uh, early childhood education, and specific learning disabilities. And I taught for two years in the system. And I quickly learned I could not return. And mostly because of many of the things that we see escalated in today's world. And it was starting that many years ago. For one thing, the administration made unilateral decisions without any care for parents or their input. 
One of the things I did as an educator, and I had um, a class that was for children that were struggling learners, and they were staffed in using IEPs, which was an individual education plan. And so I would look at them and look at the child's progress and work with their you know, weaknesses, because we were always taught to teach to their strengths, but I figured if we couldn't fix their weaknesses, then we were, you know, you pretty much had them for life at this point. Um, And so I was able to staff out some children. Well, the administration didn't like that. Well, come to find out that's because they were losing revenue. And how dare they lose revenue with these children uh, that they get a lot more money for than just a normal, um, you know, number in their classroom. Okay, this was, um, you know, they, they were getting more money allocated, not necessarily used in that department, but it was allocated to the school. And so um, I don't know what that is today. This was back in the early 80s. Um, But I did learn that I got myself in trouble with the administration. Uh, For some of you who know me or have listened to my podcast for many years, that's probably not too much of a surprise. Um, But I tried to be diplomatic and I tried to go about it in the right channels. And I finally went to the parents because I thought the parents should know. And so um, when we had the parent meeting with some of the administrative staff sitting in, uh, the parents were delighted that their children would be mainstreamed into a regular curriculum with some maybe outside help or tutoring. Uh, The administration, not so much. Another thing that I learned was that some of the treatment of the children in my classroom by administration was terrible. And I know Um, You know, today you might find the opposite. You know, a teacher may send a child to the office and two minutes later they're back in the classroom with nothing done. But I did realize that a lot of children are hurting and there isn't enough time for each educator to take the time for each child because they have a classroom full and their responsibilities are pulled. And I'm not putting down teachers here. I was a teacher after all. And my daughter's a teacher, my sister's-in-law, two of them, in fact, one is retired and one's still working. And it's not that teachers are the issue, at least not the majority of teachers. It really is the system, especially in public education. Now, I believe that it's every parent's duty to consider homeschooling their child today. If you cannot physically teach them everything, your focus needs to be on what you can provide for them when you have them at home. Secondly, if your child is in school, you must know what your child is learning. I think with the lockdowns, we found out that um, you know parents were sitting there with their children in front of computer screens and were appalled by what they found their children was learning. So I think that as parents, we need to take a very... Um, you know, proactive stance on knowing what that is. Years ago, a friend of ours who is an attorney obtained copies of a novel that his children were required to read in literature class. And it turned out that this Christian school was requiring the children to be open to ideas that most parents would not approve of. And um, because I've been on this network for many years, I can't get into specifics of what this book was about. And of course, my friend was mortified, but lo and behold, it turned out that this was the exact same novel that my daughter was required to read at the secular university that she was attending. And it was so offensive, she came home 
from class and said, here, mom, you read this book, I am going to make dinner. And I looked at it, it was a very thin book. And she goes, well, you can read fast and just skim through it. And I was appalled at what this book was teaching. And she said that, uh, you know, she was saying, it was really quite entertaining. My, my daughter said, Mom, this grandma, that's my teacher is perverted, meaning that she was an older woman. And, you know, really had, from my daughter's perspective, a skewed outlook on things. In fact, she said she was really excited that she was teaching college because she said when we were in high school, you know, teaching this book, we could only skirt the, you know, the outer um, edges of it, but now we can delve deep in. And my daughter said, I don't want to take this class. And I said, well, you have an option, and that is to drop out. So she decided to drop that credit. And a lot of the kids asked her, you know, why did you do that? And you had an A in the class. And I guess the, the teacher even commented, does anyone know why, you know, Christina dropped out because she had an A in the class? And it was her chance to witness to some of the other students and say, um, you know, I am a communication major and I um, have to have a very heavy, you know, uh, literature writing section of my major, but I don't have to put up with offensive materials and we shouldn't have to. Today, children are given safe places for the things that they consider offensive. Back then, you know, they were teaching things, which they're still teaching today, that we consider offensive, but there is no safe place to go. And so we have to be able to make that stand. Our children in the educational system today are like frogs in a pot of lukewarm water over the stove, slowly being boiled to death. They don't realize the issues because it's a very slow information filtering and leaking. And if you disagree, you're canceled or told you are intolerant by the very people who preach tolerance. So why should you homeschool? Well, this is a question only you and your husband can answer. But the focus, again, is on what you want your children to take away with them in the future. Do you want them to believe everything that some outside entity tells them? In college in the late 70s, we were told to forget everything our parents taught us. This is supposed to make students feel like they're empowered, that they're adults, that they have the ability to make up their own minds. And, and as parents, we should want our kids to make up their own minds, but we don't want our kids to think that everything that we've taught them has been wrong and that everything a college professor teaches them is right. Our kids should be grounded in faith and morals so they can make those decisions for themselves. So make a list. Why begin homeschooling? What's important to you? Is it because you want a homeschool that's faith-focused? Is it because you want to have a close-knit family? Is it because you want to be in charge of selecting your child's curriculum? Or is it because you want to know what your children are learning? Or is it because you want to teach your children your personal worldview? Your list may have many more items, which is as it should be, focusing on what you want for your children and what you want them to learn. We are a faith-filled, close-knit family. While the kids are grown and some live out of state or even out of town, we hear from them often and catch up on what's happening in their lives. They come home for the holidays and we rejoice when we're all together. My kids also talk to each other regularly, which makes me very happy. Our kids' education was enhanced by incorporating field trips and hands-on learning. Our children visited various states, added to their collections, and learned about the world around them in more than just books. If I have to point out one thing that makes homeschooling unique, 
it's that the children get real life experience and real life learning. Their education was well-rounded. Three of my children were gifted in sports and played in teams throughout the state. One of my children wrote a series of books with me. They are still in print. Check out the Truth Seekers Mystery Series. This is a well-loved action-adventure set with a wholesome theme. I believe that homeschooling should focus on academics, yes, but also on your child's interest. I've talked at homeschooling uh, conferences um, about this topic extensively and also on this podcast about giving your kids time to think. In fact, if you go to vintagehomeschoolmoms.com, there's a search bar at the top right corner and you can even search for, you know, time to think. And I'm sure at least one or two of my podcasts will pop up because that's a topic that's very important to me. I've talked at children at conferences who act bored with life, and when I ask them if they have interests or hobbies, they look at me blankly. Well, one of the gifts of homeschooling is allowing your child time to look into the things that interest them. I believe in our overstimulated world, our kids are distracted by the latest and greatest shiny object without thinking about what they want to do with their lives. Also, our kids, even homeschool kids, are so connected digitally. Sometimes it's good to just pick up those devices and put them away. Having a focus on learning and allowing your child to explore interests of their own is a significant first step to lifelong learning. What is lifelong learning? It's a drive and the desire to look things up, search for answers, and challenge yourself to be the best you can be. It is looking at the defeat of a situation as an opportunity to learn and move forward. When do kids in the typical school system have the ability or opportunity to do this? They really don't. They're so maxed out with doing things in class and by the time they get home, they're exhausted. I put together a set for you to download. It's called the Homeschool Blueprint and it's available on the Media Angels website under self-paced learning. Give it a try, see what you think. It includes many forms that I've used throughout my homeschool journey and step-by-step information that I believe will be helpful to you. The most wonderful tool that is my legacy to all of you is the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and all the broadcasts from homeschool parents. These podcasts come to you for free and I hope you can subscribe to these shows on your favorite podcast app. Go to vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. There's links on the page or you can go to your favorite homeschool app and look for it. I'm heading towards 10 years of homeschooling on Vintage Homeschool Moms, and it's been a delight to serve all of you. Take care. God bless. Connect with me on social media, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.